Blog Talk Radio. What's up? Hold our truth in it. So, there's going to be more music in about three, one, two. Hit it! Let's just start it off. So, Bailey, explain herself. 
she's still trying to lead the women's division and blah, 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 teach the fans, kids loyalty. And then she vowed to be the most selfish person in WWE. Is it Charlotte Flair, blah, blah, blah. Is considered selfish? Okay, yeah. Uh, she beat Charlotte with a chair. I don't care what the review says. I just love the fact that she's, you know, finally letting loose. Ali versus Elias. So he hit the drift away. Okay, so it was all right, match. It wasn't too bad. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Um, are we gearing towards uh, Nikki turning on Alexa? Don't know. Or Alexa turning on Nikki? Don't care. Match was very back and forth. It was okay. Didn't really care for it. So, Randy Orton. Yep. So, he was so happy with beating down Kofi Kingston. And I must say, I didn't mind them two brawling, but um, let's see. New Day's music played. Yep. So, Orton attacked him from behind. Orton vowed to beat down Kingston September 15th. Well, the yada yada. Kingston. The numbers here to be too much. RKO. Yes, I like it. It's a nice little build between Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, who will face each other at Clash of Champions, by the way. And I don't know if Orton's going to come away as the champion. Technically, folks, all I want is a brawl, okay? Let's just leave it at that. So, there's a King of the Ring quarterfinal match between Chad Gable versus Andrade Cien Almas. And there was a lot of back and forth. This former 2012 Olympian fought back. I love the way they worded that. So, um, I like how this match gave a little flavor to it. A lot of their high-flying maneuvers. A lot of this, that, the other. Chad Gable gets to roll up one, two, three. Now he's in the quarterfinal versus Elias. I think it's going to be a great match. Alistair Black versus Shelton Benjamin. You can talk about a fantasy warfare come true. Um, there's definite, you know, teasers of, hey, if you can kick, I can kick better. A lot of people gave it a C-minus because it turned into one big squash match. No, nah, I mean, it was okay for what it was. Shinsuke Nakamura... Little face. The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship at uh, Clash of Champions. Before that, though, 24-7 melee mix. R-Truth and Drake Maverick. Uh, Bo Dallas was also the center. That Maverick pinned him. I don't know how I'd make that. It was just like one big free-for-all, you know. And Maverick ends up getting rolled up by R-Truth, and I don't know what happened after that, but I'm sure the cameras will let us know next week, right? Anywho, before I wrap up this SmackDown Live review, Eric Rowan, dude, where has your voice been all this time? You're such... Some people may say, oh, well, we've heard him on the mic before. He's not that bad. No, you haven't. Those of you who have followed his indie career, I haven't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I barely followed him in NXT. And now he's just a big in that just basically 
just just walks through people. Doesn't have any qualms about him. And he said, I enjoyed doing what I did to Roman Reigns. It was my intention to ram him with my car. I enjoyed knocking things over back in the backstage area. Some nutso this dude is. He doesn't. He does not care who he hurt. This guy has no feeling, no sympathy whatsoever. So if you think on it, my conclusion of the SmackDown Live that went down was it wasn't bad. It actually had a good ebb and flow. It's like, can you please, you know, let Bischoff do his thing, even though. Sometimes it can be really redundant and he makes bad decisions based on um, his past experience, the Monday Night Wars. That's the past. This is now. Anyways, as I was saying, the whole buildup for Clash of Champions, you know, was Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. I must say, folks, I'm highly entertained. Simply because you see the tail of the tape of Roman Reigns, you see the tail of the tape of Eric Rowan. One obviously stands out more so than the other because one used to be a tag team champion, so did the other one. One used to be a universal champion, the other one has not done that. Is that the reason why Eric Rowan is coming after Roman Reigns? Let me tell you my little spiel on that. I believe, I could be wrong, but if you look at Bray Wyatt's segments, He's got puppets. And Eric Rowan used to be tied to, oh, gee, the Wyatt family. So could there be a Wyatt family group of people, with Eric Rowan being the only original? Could Luke Harper be coming back to join the fray with the Fiend? There could be a whole new slew of reasons why Eric Rowan did this to Roman Reigns, but I think the story that they have right now has got people hooked. So by hook and by crook, you hooked us. And that's my assessment of Smackdown Live. I'm really fucking happy that Bailey has turned over a new leaf. And all I can say is it's about damn time. Because you, know, you need somebody to be there for the kitties and, you know, Kids are the bread and butter, man. They believe everything, right? Some do, some adults. But that's, you know, that's a good thing, right? As long as you get people involved, heavily involved in what they are watching, instead of, okay, this is what you should be watching. This is what you should be into. They finally gave into the fact that you don't need to talk as much. Although I believe... When you start out a night with a promo, there has to be a reason behind said promo. I'm 100% okay with Bailey telling the world, hey, you know, I vow to be the most selfish person. So she's still in the delusion that she's, well, herself, but she did things for various reasons. I can't tell you what Sasha and I talked about. It should have been our first hint. Like, oh, they're turning Bailey. They're finally turning Bailey. All, through all the fanboys and marks out there that believe, oh yeah, you know, I believe Meltzer and whatever he says. She, you know, Meltzer's so far, I don't know what his ratio is, you know, of being right or being wrong, but dear Lord, dude, 
Somebody needs to swallow a piece of humble pie. Because so far, this dude has told us Bailey's going to turn the paper quite possibly. So he's guessing. Like all of us. That's great. Now, do not have intel to what is going on, sir. And I will talk about this later during Off the Rails and Censor, but I will focus on what I'm saying. Bailey's turned over a new lease. The revival finally gets relevancy. Aside, you know, the, what I mean by that is, aside from punching the dude at Hall of Fame, Dash and Dawson are now being taken seriously. Now they have been ever since NXT. It's just now that they're involved with Orton, I wonder how long this alliance is going to really last. Just out of you know pure curiosity, seeing how Clash of Champions. All the titles will be defended. And we don't know if they will change hands because beforehand, it would be a match with a championship and no title would change hands except for maybe one or two. To the discretion of the promoter, a booker, a senior producer, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, come on. Come the fuck on. They need... If title change hands, folks, you not be surprised at what happens during said title change. But while I have you all on the horn listening to my crazy ramblings, let's address the elephant in the room. And I'm, I'm going to kind of shed some light on what's been going on. So Chris Jericho won the first ever inaugural AEW championship. This dude just keeps on doing first ever, first ever. He is a rarity. He's a gem. He's a diamond in the rough. At 49 fucking years old, this dude is a champion. I believe the theory goes, if you want to be a man, you have to be the man. A wise man once said a long time ago, Rick Flint. Well, Chris Jericho went into AEW. They all thought that, I mean, they, the generalized audience, Hangman Page, this Hangman Page, that you got to give him credit. He gave Jericho the fight of his life. But if you want to get your company on, and this is my opinion, if you want to get a wrestling company on the map, you want a name as your champion. You don't want, okay, it was Adam Hangman Page. Because if that goes into the conversation, in the immortal words of Lewis Black, you're fucked. So, he won the championship and then he lost it. Not in a match. He's the first ever for a lot of things, and it's kind of funny because he dined out at Texas Longhorn. He, you know, he went, you know, grabbed a nice limousine, rented a nice limo for him. The championship was left in the limousine because you know when you really don't want to bring that thing inside a restaurant, and fans will be like, "Oh, can I take a picture with you?" I don't do that while they fucking eat. The only, this is just my preference. 
if I was to do that, it would be asked nicely, wait till he gets done eating and be like, Mr. Jericho, could I take a picture with you? Some of you fucks are so funny. You leave a message on the Wrestle underscore radio thing, which will be changed to Wrestle underscore radio network because that's what the name of the show is. So we got to, you know, make ourselves well known. Anyways, we're finished. Actually, I'm not finished yet. I'm only just fucking begun. Chris Jericho won that at Double or Nothing, All In, whatever. He is the first ever, I know, to win the ECW, WWE, and first ever company inaugural title, All Elite Wrestling. I find it amusing, speaking of AEW, the event in which was a house in Chicago, they were seeing Punk Chance, he didn't show up. Are we going to cry ourselves a river? He even, you know, he jokes about it because he said multiple times, I will come back when I'm good and ready. I know I switched gears from Jericho to Punk. However, you know, I have to mention also Pac vs. Omega. After 26 minutes of watching that amazingness, I just want to say, wow, 205 live chance is not what I paid attention to. I paid attention to someone who locked in a hold while, you know, trying to look like he was going to hit Omega with a crucifix pin, but then he just choked him out and he tapped. He had no choice. He was passing out. He was fading as Jim Ross put it. And the one thing I noticed during AEW's pay-per-view is every cover that any wrestler does, Jim Ross takes the time to say, and hooks the leg in a lateral press. I miss hearing that in WWE, JR. I love hearing you describe a match and how somebody's going to you know, basically dissect their opponent, you know, the way he describes the adjectives in that pay-per-view, God bless that man, I hope you live till you're 104, I'm sorry to sentence you to that, but I, I just want to point out I miss you, because, you know, I know you're going to say, well, Michael Cole's not a bad person, well, I don't know what you would say about Michael Cole, but announcers who paint the picture if someone were to be blind. I'm just saying it was a breath of fresh air to hear JR. As I'm reading your question, I want to say thank you because you know I need these questions. All out there. Sorry. Correct me all the time. So, you know, Moxley could not make it, so Pac was his replacement. And I got to tell you, those fucking things, the 20-woman casino, or yeah, 21-woman casino battle royale. No, I don't want to play this. Thank you. Nyla Rose showed up, or, you know, she's the first ever transgender participant in, you know, battle royale. 
So Kong and Jazz got into a brawl and ended up both getting eliminated. Yep. Nyla Rose won the twenty the twenty one woman. So I can't believe Ouija Report gave that a C plus, whatever. Okay, so Private Party versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Private Party beat Angelico and Evans by pinfall. Okay. So Orange Cassidy was at this. What a party this was. SoCal Uncensored versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. I gotta say, you want crazy? I give you crazy. SEU defeat Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Stunt by pinfall. Yeah, Marco Stunt may not be big, but oh my lord. Cracker Barrel Clash. Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. Okay. So Jimmy Havoc, yeah, he's a stable gun on himself, folks. Um, Coffin driving a barrel is still an amazing match, okay. Havoc beats Janela and Allen by pinfall. So that match was crazy as fuck, if I remember correctly. I fell asleep through half of this one, so I was tired. Omega versus Pac, I've covered that match, you know, fairly soon. Uh, that was an A. I give it an A because of the crowd reaction. Simply for that. Best Friends versus the Dark Order to in a first-round tournament by Dark Order beat Best Friends by pinfall. Rio versus Hikaru Shida for the second spot in the AEW Women's Championship match. Rio defeats Shida by pinfall. Cody with MJF versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. What a special, you know, dude. Cody beats Spears by pinfall because there's the spine buster by Arn Anderson, but not only that, Tully Blanchard. Bad Lord. Cody hit a disaster kick with a steel chair, you know, and got a win, obviously. The AAA Tag Team Titles ladder match versus the Lucha, uh, it says the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. The Lucha Brothers actually beat the Young Bucks. So I think there were a lot of results during this pay-per-view that really was not a surprise. Chris Jericho versus Adam Hankman and Page for a AEW World Championship. I think a lot of people wanted Jericho to, uh, well, I wanted him to win. I don't know about you all, but I, not because, oh, he's formerly a WWE, that's why he wanted him to win. So long, long story short, I just read the results to AEW, which I'm sure a lot of podcasts are trying to cover and be like, oh, I like this angle, I like this story. October 2nd, ladies and gentlemen, is when you can catch AEW starting on TNT. Wrestling has not been on TNT in forever. I'm going to sandlot this shit. Forever. So, anyways, that's a promo. That was a part of the advertisement. Chris Jericho. Y2J. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roll. Jesus Christ. Anyways, Jericho wins the championship. He's celebrating, he's celebrating. He goes to a Texas Longhorn restaurant. 
and I just laughing my ass off because you win a title, you know, you, you want to take care of it. It's like your love child. I'd keep it in the case. That's just my obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, showing up. Anyway, so you lose sight of the title. After, you know, Jericho eats. He comes back. It's no, it's no longer there. It's like, oh, fuck, did I bring it with me? Did I wear it on my fucking waist? What, what the hell happened? So they, you know, they he did end up filing a police report, according to multiple sources, Sports Kita, CBS Sports, ESPN.com. It was covered all over the internet, tweeted about, laughed about, joked about, even referenced subtly by Corey Graves on SmackDown Live. Drake Maverick took his wife out to eat. So yes, Jericho. Aside from that, I wanted to talk to you all about something, if you will. So, <laughs> I got 34 minutes left. That was better than the first fucking run of this shit. I'm sorry, guys, about the first take. I was pausing a lot, and I need to pause in between monologues. Okay. Well, for those of you who have small children... I can't really apologize if they hear this because they're not supposed to. This is this content is not suitable for minors. It's also a copyrighted show. Again, the official copyright March 7, 2016 of Off the Rails Uncensored. Any use or trademarking of this show or any likeness of this show, title thereof, will be found upon because if you try to use it you will be prosecuted in the court of law fined 45 bucks even though this minimum fine is very small the statute of limitations or usage of this show is prohibited what I'm about to say is kind of fucking funny folks just bear with me alright I do not own the rights to the team Glasgow Cross CSO used and trademarked by World Wrestling World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated 2019 used so by Nikki Cross in 2015, 2016, 17, 18 and 2019 I do not own the rights to recordings done and produced by Jim Johnson all rights reserved are owned by World Wrestling Entertainment the sole use and purpose of this is for theme for off the rails and since the right fuckers hit my goddamn theme. Dig it? Now that was weak, weak. Hey, wait, wait, wait. All right, fuckers hit my theme. Dig it. Monday's discussion concerning Bailey and a little bit of Sasha 
live in a Monica in my life. No. So, Chris Jericho. There's nothing really to rant about him. You know, he's done a lot of things. Started wrestling in 1990, 91. You don't need to know the dude's age. Well, he's 49 years old, but he's badass. Has a band named Fozzie, which I'm pretty sure you all know about. He won the ECW World Television Championship off of Rob Van Dam. Mick Foley saw Chris Jericho and said, hey, you should take a look. Paul Heyman took a look, and boy, did that kid not disappoint. So Chris Jericho also, you know, his match with Ultimo Dragon is what got attention. This dude has been working his ass off. Like, from the very get-go, if you work hard, yes, it will pay off. They always say nice guys finish last. Chris may have done some things, but not really. He's, you know, worked really hard. He trained at Stu Hart's Dungeon in front of his Lance Storm. Uh, they've been wrestling pretty much the same amount of time. This dude has even been a part of Smoky Mountain Pro. Now, a lot of people criticize Jim Cornette about certain things, you know. Well, he's very old school. He's this, that, the other. To give credit where credit is due, you know, Jim gave Chris a chance, and look what happened. So, what I mean, the title, you know, it says a lot of things. Jericho's pattern of first evers continues. He's the first ever to win the undisputed championship. How? He beat Barack. He beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. And these two were titans. They still are titans. They're considered one of the forefathers of the Attitude Era. He beat those two in one night. And some people compare Jericho's, you know, title win at AEW's All-In to Hulk Hogan, you know, holding a championship. And it's like, look, winning a championship is a very big deal in professional wrestling. I don't care who you are. So for those of you saying, well, if Hangman Page would have won, you knew he was going to win. No, some people did not. And two... Let's focus on the fact that you have to build AEW around Jericho. It's the people surrounding him that are kind of helping this vision come to, you know, fruition because Jericho wins the title. The Young Bucks don't necessarily win all the time, folks, because look what happened. They lost. If they were to win, it'd kind of be like... Uh, doing what WWE does sometimes, and that's they drag out a story, and the people that are expected to win always win. It's easy format, it's easy booking. Not easy, sometimes, according to Michael Hayes in Table for Three, who said it's real, it's simple to put on paper, it's a matter of your players, exec- it's like your players having to execute the plays on the field. Making it look real nice, real smooth, like. And we all know my love affinity for Michael Hayes now, don't we? It's very up and down, you know. If I, as I was to tell you, you know, I bet you, 
like Chris Jericho is one of those guys that says it's always fun just to poke fun, but you know, and then there's a time to be serious. If we all could be serious for a moment, please. God, you know, Chris's career, if you look back in, the, in his early days, if you truly, truly look back, he's young, he's fresh, but he started, he's quite the workaholic, you know, to have a resume that he does. He started out in 1991, and we said, well, um, I don't feel... Like I've earned what you know, man. He has, has a lot of accomplishments to talk about, and they asked him why he left and why he's in AEW. Um, he said, "I think the reason for me leaving. Actually, I know the reason for me leaving. Why it was the whole Kevin Owens thing. Uh, there's no disrespect, but I felt Kevin and I could have done great things, and our match should not have been placed the way it was in the card." I tend to agree with Chris on that because if we all look at the tail of the tape, the way that Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho feud was supposed to begin, and it was maybe the first or second match on the card for WrestleMania 32. Yeah, Mania 32, 33. And it really didn't make sense. And yes, some of you are saying, well, he put Fandango over. Look at where Fandango is. Fandango's back in NXT. And I must say, it's kind of like a refresher's course with some of you. Because some people... need reminder of why people are champions in a nice kind of way like it's not always the youth that gets to go over the old guy because the old guy is doing a nice gesture putting him over as you guys like to fucking say I do have war flashbacks for those of you who use terminologies because let's just call a spade a spade all right Some people have very old school views on the business. Some people read on what they see Dave Meltzer post. I, you know, just base my shit off of what I have gone through in professional wrestling and have experienced. And you know what? It really comes to be a benefit because you learn, you listen, you keep learning. Some don't learn at all. Some they know exactly how to word their shit around people who have been involved in this business and love this business. So long story short, an explanation. Don't need a paragraph essay about why Chris Jericho is champion. We just need a simplified cliff note version. Here it is. The man works his ass off. He surrounds himself with a great booking team. Is one reason? I don't fucking know, but...
I don't like the comparison of Jericho and Hogan. You know why? Hogan will always be considered the Babe Ruth of the fucking business. Why? Look how much money he made Vince McMahon Jr. (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason why, you know, like, to compare those two. And why, you know what, look, Hogan started off playing bass guitar. And, you know, he went to an academy for wrestling school. He really wasn't shown working that much, folks. Here's why. If you saw his early shit in WWE, actually before that, in AWA, there were times that you wanted to just scream because you look at his matches with Jesse the Body Ventura. You look at Hogan's matches in the early days with Andre the Giant. Even Hogan said, Andre embarrassed me. Hogan's six foot eight. You know, he's done several leg drops. Chris Jericho is five nine. He's a guy that no one expects to do much because of height in some areas in wrestling fandom. But if you really pay attention to Jericho, the man was great at making it love him and hate him, love him, hate him. It was like a marriage, Jesus Christ. Jericho compared to Hogan. You know, let's look at it. Hogan was the first ever to participate in, and we'll always say this, to be legend for participating in WrestleMania. Which was, you know, labeled as a train wreck and a half production-wise. It was very, very difficult, you know, because that's that's a show that's in Madison Square Garden. Jericho's show was in Chicago, also a big wrestling town. They're very picky about who, you know, they approve of as professional wrestlers. So, to me... Comparing those two is not a thing, and I appreciate the uh, concern about AEW, you know, being like WCW, but it's not even that's not even a far cry for WCW. I don't see it. I, I see some bits and pieces, but there's new faces like Sunny Kiss, Killing Murphy, Nyla Rose ends up winning because Awesome Kong and you know. Jazz are beating the holy hell out of each other. They eliminate themselves. Uh, congrats to Nyla Rose. So just saying. If I if I think on this, I'm gonna be upset because people are telling me, you know, oh well. Maybe you should start discussing something other than Bailey. Well, yeah, I did. I just now read, you know, AEW's pay-per-view results. And I'm sorry if I bored you all to tears. You're like, did you even watch it? Yes, I did. I was half awake because of the work schedule going on, you know, that day. 
I watched both NXT UK TakeOver and also All Elite Wrestling's pay-per-view All In. And I must say, wow, what a day in professional wrestling, you know. Walter retained. Tony Storm lost the title to Kylie Ray. Or actually not Kylie Ray. Should I just say her name? Joe Coffey and Bomber Dave Mastis. Wow. What a brawl. There's new NXT Tag Team Champions, the Mod Father and Angie, you know, Mark Andrews. Bad props to you guys, all of you. Um, what's to do? There's just so much overflow of professional wrestling going on. It was awesome. And I was happy that day, so able to watch on my iPad one, you know, and my phone on the other where AEW paid fifty dollars worth every penny. Especially seeing, you know, Cody Rhodes take it to Sean Spears. Now I've never been, you know, a Ty Dillinger fan. I really at this point the only time I ever use ten is when a friend takes too long, you know, doing something, whatever the fuck, you know, I use the 10 count for. Thank you. You've traumatized me enough to where I use it in my everyday normal life. Anyways, I thoroughly enjoyed that weekend in wrestling. Do you know why? Because the two matches that stood out to me the most in AEW, actually every match was a standout style of match, but, uh, Two of them, in my opinion. Pac versus Omega. Actually, three. I like. Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Oh, and um, Jericho versus Hangman Page. Excellent match. Excellent matches. Why? Because it didn't go by the status quo of the fans want this. They must be given every single result that they have read online by Dave Meltzer. And I'm going to touch on this. So I know I, it's going to sound like a reprise from yesterday, but Bailey basically said I'm going to be the most selfish person in WWE. This might prompt an uh, alliance between Charlotte and Becky, if you guys haven't already fucking noticed. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm just throwing this out there, okay? The four horsewomen are basically running the fucking women's division. How so? Well, when Natty, you know, doing the training and and doing whatever she does, look at who's in the main picture. Becky? Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha. Eventually, will these four come together in unison? Uh, you bet your ass. Because if Rousey comes back, it's a foredrawn conclusion that this may be a shit patent prediction, but I'm in the firm belief that the four horsewomen will actually get back together. Not right now, because there's a snowball's chance in hell that that's going to happen. But you know what? Never say never. Looks like I always say, well, look at Johnny Gargano. 
being behind the attack of Aleister Black. I jokingly said to a friend of mine, actually, I was just a, I'll jokingly say, you know, to uh, Lady Lynn, yeah, it'd be really fucking funny if Gargano was the one who attacked Aleister Black. Jokingly, turns into, yes, it can, and yes, it will. Or, yes, it did. Also, this is a fun, fun one for you. If, if, Bailey goes back to babyface and are you guys going to quit watching wrestling? Because I saw some of you leave messages, what do you think of her heel turn? Oh, it's the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. I believe there's the phrase, about time. And thank Lord, hallelujah. Or thank the Lord. Because honestly, the whole kitten caboodle, it was it, you know, it was the whole kitten caboodle. Yes, I agree, Dominic. I agree. For fans to feel that emotion with her, it's like something finally let loose. Something finally fucking clicked with Bailey. Because beforehand, folks, she was your stereotypical, I'm a good guy, and all the bad guys are going to just fall down when I do my Bailey to back. She worked really hard to get in, you know, and people are saying to me, well, you're an asshole. You didn't give her credit. Oh, no, no, no. I've given Bailey credit. I may not like the broad. I may not like the way that she was set up as a character and her gimmick was boring as fuck to me, but in retrospect, Look at what she's doing in the here and the now. She's wanting to do something. She doesn't just think on it. She does it. She basically attacks Charlotte this past Tuesday on SmackDown Live because Charlotte was called selfish. I don't know so much about selfish. I think Spotlight 4 might be one. Some may say that about Becky. It's like, no. Out of all the women, you know, that are participating right now in this little four-way dance, wouldn't it be interesting, folks, if, uh, well, Sasha, you know, she's obviously going to win at Clash of Champions. We know this. We'll just see how awesome the match really is between Sasha and, uh, well, yeah. Sasha and Becky, two former best friends. Becky even said, I'm in the psychic, but I'll beat you before I'll beat you again. So someone who has not been uh, part of the company for four months and leaves cryptic posts on Instagram, Twitter, and if she cared about fucking Facebook, she'd leave one there. Yes, the story has a sick line and sinker because Sasha and Bailey spoke with one another. This should have been the dead giveaway. I can't tell you, but let's focus on this. The way she was acting during the interview was not, oh, yeah, I know you're going to fucking turn. They've done this before where someone was the heel 
and someone was the baby for his. And oh, she turned her back on Natalia. Natalia, you know, said Basha was ungrateful. We've seen the story a thousand times before, have we? Have we? Somehow, folks, I get sidetracked, but it does correlate with what I'm discussing. You see, actually, I'm not going to start off a fucking annoyingness with that. Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, they all started around the same time in NXT. And I say the first inception of NXT because around that time, there's truly, was around some of these people, never really got to meet any of them. But I got to say, looking at Bailey's career in retrospect was really, really boring. Not really. Her match with Sasha was probably the highlight of her career. Um, let's just say her match with Asuka. Asuka winning the, you know, the championship, I believe it was from, uh, yeah. The fact that um, Bailey has really come along. I'm not going to finish this because Asuka is kind of a sob story for me. I really enjoy her, uh, enjoyed her in NXT because she was given free range, you know, to roam. She was a very, very good worker. And that's all I can say about that. So, anyways, back to the Bailey discussion, shall we, for 10 minutes? Um, Part of me, you know, wants to say, wow, you're doing a great job, kid. Keep it up. And then a part of me says, wow, um, it took you only that long to get where you're at right now. Because for a year and a half, folks, it was one big giant tease. And we all know how teases go. They don't buy you. You buy them drinks. You get them really nice things, right? And then Clunk. They're just a tease. Just like this tease between, you know, the fact that Bailey turning and us not seeing. Man, should we have seen signs? Is this a sign for all of us? Bailey turns over a new leaf and we're all of a sudden jumping on the bandwagon. It's like, well, dude, it's the same effect, same thing for when fucking Becky did. And necessarily, when you turn heel now as a worker, in my opinion, it's okay, it's what the crowd wants. Are we, you know... It's not the old school days of OMG, they're the bad guy. We must start booing immediately. No, it, some some booed, some cheered. So it was more like the fucking tweener effect. The shit. So it's just like, oh, well, fucking turn. So... This is this is what happens when someone turns, especially like Bailey. The effect of the crowd, you know, where are we at, you know, with this? 
how are they going to react? How are they going to perceive her doing the things that she does now? Like the attack on Charlotte. And the fact that she, the ends have to justify their means type thing with her doing what she did to Becky. She's like, I had to do this because I had to get out of the shadows, as she put it. It's like, well, you know, can you blame the girl? She's been behind the scenes for so long trying to emerge as a wonderful superstar or a star, a supernova. So the question remains, how is Bailey supposed to be perceived? And I think she answered that question for you all quite nicely. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here. Off the rails uncensored. Dig it. first ever 
in a lot of things. And he works really hard at what he does. So have faith, folks. Don't find the title. I bet you they did already. Now, Clash of Champions is shaping up nicely. AEW begins in October. The Wednesday Night Wars are beginning. This is a great time for to be a professional wrestling fan, I tell you. All right, folks. This is the redo episode. Thank God I redid it because the other one sounded like shit. My apologies. I normally don't do this. I have done it a few times. Thank you for pointing that out, Jake. All right. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rouse had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Oh, and uh, I got more words to say. I got to eat toodles, bitches. Hit my music monkeys in the truck. Take it. <laughs>